Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. That resilience, I think that's, for me, it's always been an internal thing where it doesn't matter. It's kind of irrelevant what happens to you in life. It's, it's how you respond that counts, that matters. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. I have had the most extraordinary opportunity to spend a whole day at Hera Hub here in Phoenix, Arizona, and I can't tell you how impressed I am by this collaborative workspace built by women for women to empower women in technology and other professions just to make sure that we support and celebrate one another and accelerating forward. I am so, so thankful that they are supportive of the Women in Tech podcast. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating incredible women in tech here in Phoenix, Arizona. Yes, I used to live in Tucson, so it's very exciting to be here. Hello, Rosa. (laughs) Hello. Am I saying it right? Yeah, Rosa. Because it's a Z and not an S. Correct. Yeah. Rosa, yeah. And you have the craziest not Dutch last name. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not Dutch, but uh, Ferdosmaken or Ferdosmaken. Yeah. yeah. See, she puts the accent on as an afterthought. Yeah. yeah. So go ahead. Tell us, tell us who you are and a little bit about what you do. Sure. So I am a tech founder in Phoenix, Arizona. I am the creator of Bites, a farm to table mobile app that connects foodies with local culinary talent for in-home farm to table dining experiences. Wait, dude. So like a private chef? Yes. That's exactly right. Is it in L.A.? Um, it's starting here and we're going to spread to the rest of the country and, and hopefully to the rest of the world. But it's professional chefs, culinary school students and home cooks can all participate and you can reserve any of their services through the app. They bring their pots and pans, sort of their cooking so gear what? and the fresh locally sourced ingredients from these local tiny growers and backyard gardeners and urban farms, micro farms, co-ops, what? community gardens. They bring all this stuff into your home and cook for you from scratch. Um, and they are the entertainment, uh, for four hours and it's amazing. uh, Okay. I'm going to ask some, so the women in tech podcast is not a controversial show nor political. It's just a show (laughs) of celebration. However, I have to ask one potentially controversial question. You could totally not answer it if you don't want Uh to. There's been a lot of companies doing something similar, um, meaning having a chef come to a home. I don't know if they're sourcing the right ingredients, Mm -hmm. but 
the idea of an on-demand chef in home mm-hmm. and then they're there and it seems so cool and then they're not how is yours different than the, the others and why will yours surpass all the rest sure absolutely That's if a you great don't question. mind me asking yeah so, I just, I, because i think it's awesome yeah thank you so much so Ours is really ethos driven, and this is more about a grassroots movement toward localized sourcing and normalizing farm to table for everyone everywhere, ultimately. So for the foodies, this is about culinary experiences at all different budgetary levels so that more socioeconomic levels can participate in becoming a part of the solution toward, you know, um, farm to table becoming normalized and right. more people participating in, yeah. in, in sourcing locally. It's about celebrating diversity, not just tolerating it, uh, bringing in diverse cultures with their cuisines into your home and, and hearing about the stories of, let's say those home cooks right? totally. from different, from different backgrounds. If you want Cambodian food and a little lady down the street cooks, you know, Cambodian when she That's comes so- into cook cool. for you from scratch. You're probably going to hear a little bit of her stories about how she grew up in Cambodia. And by the end of that dining experience, if I'm the foodie using this app and, and bringing in this home cook, by the end of that dining experience, I hope to be a little bit less ignorant about that culture. So it's mm-hmm. about community building. Then with regard to the the chefs on the app, um, this is a jobs platform for them because they are truly independent contractors. They're not my employees. They get to generate an income with zero overhead doing what what they love doing and what they're passionate about is cooking. So they set their own prices. Oh yeah. They set their own availability and they, and they decide their own menus and dishes that they want to offer. And they can change that up as often as they want. And then they indicate on their profiles, which farms they currently support and source from. So for them, this is a, um, like Uber for chefs really, right? This is a jobs platform for them to, to showcase that and share it with the community. And you get paid via transaction then. Uh It's a revenue sharing model. So chefs, get to keep 80% of whatever prices they decide to, to set and whatever you know minimum charge they decide mm-hmm. to set. So they keep 80%. Um, Bytes uh, gets 17%. And then the credit card processor Stripe gets 3%. And so you're their marketing solution. I'm their marketplace. Yeah, yeah. this is a community-driven marketplace where people sort of line up and decide who they want to have a dining experience, homemade dining experience with, and then they can go back and rate and review that chef or that home cook. They can chat with the chef so right cool. through the app too. Yeah. There's, there's many reasons why this is excites me on a personal level. I stay in a lot of hostels around the world. Oh, nice. And when we're in the kitchen and everyone's cooking together, we really come together as a community yes. and it's such a great feeling, just all the pots and pans and all this <laughs> being around a huge kitchen Island. And it's just, it's great. Yes. And on a professional level, I, produce numerous um, offline experiences for the LA tech community and Mm. the global women in tech community. And um, to think that I could create this really meaningful experience with Mm -hmm. this chef and and, and, uh, it's just, oh, you just said it. I mean, the the word you, you hit the trigger word. I didn't have a chance to say yet, which is meaning. So it's about meaningful, memorable dining experiences. And it's, it's in the intimacy of people's own homes. So, you know, when you go to a restaurant, when, when people at any different budgetary level go out to a restaurant, right, you get your bill and it's sort of like the, the restaurant's way of telling you, thank you, goodbye, you know, yeah, please leave so totally. that we can turn this table. Um, whereas when you have this chef come into your home, you've got four solid hours and no one's going to kick you out of your own house, right? Yeah. So you don't have to rush. 
Um, and if you've got kids, like I have a seven-year-old daughter, you don't have to worry about them. Like where'd they go, yeah. you know, run off because they got bored sitting yeah, at the yeah. table with all these adults. Um, you really get to do things on your own terms and um, slow down. It's really about putting the ethos of the slow food movement uh, into action for regular people. And how long has your company existed? Uh, just a year. So this yeah. And is it live yet? Um, yeah. So the, the company I set up, the, the company called Warehouse Apps is the company and Bytes is the service or the product, right? Nice. That, that creates. Look and at you being a woman. In yeah. Tech. And so <laughs> it, uh, we've only been out for two months now. Yeah. So we're in Metro Phoenix, but we're going to expand and go to the rest of the country. But it's really been where we've been talking about it. And how many dinners have you essentially served so far? Yeah, so I don't do any of the serving right now. What what the chefs are doing is creating their profiles because we've been trying to, since the app came out in the last two months, literally trying to connect with All the, chefs. Uh, the chefs and telling them, hey, uh, get on this free app, right? And create a cooking profile right. so that then these foodies can have these dining experiences uh, with you. And what had happened is that because I think we had zealously, you know, like it, like gone out and found all these amazing professional chefs, but the professional chefs, a lot of them were in uh, higher brackets, right. right? And then we had a ton of foodies who found out about this app without us, you know, really talking about it to the foodies who were talking to the chefs and they went on there and they want to have these dining experiences, but they haven't found the home cooks yet to match up with that would be more budget friendly for them. Right. right? Yeah. Um, So it's been a, you know, sort of getting things aligned in the right order. Right. And messaging this to um, who you got to talk to first, second, third. And what's your core competency in business? What what role do you play? Yeah. So uh, as a founder of this, I am. My background is I'm a creative a painter, poet, writer who went to law school and I'm in the technology space. I'm a tech attorney, um, but but I don't like attorneys. And uh-huh. I'll say that publicly. I, uh-huh. I, I really don't like the, the legal profession. I don't think it's very helpful to people the way it's been practiced and the yeah. way it's, you know, the outdated models, totally. kind of like a dinosaur and it really sucks. So uh, I have a different approach, uh, collaborative team oriented, and I only work with uh, tech startups. So from idea to market, I help founders um, get off the ground and figure out, you know, what goes first, second, third, prioritize and build the foundation for architecting the future of their company. And are you, are you still doing that or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you're doing them in tandem. I am. You know who else did that? Hmm. The founder of Southwest Airlines. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah I'm pretty can... sure that was there. <laughs> I think I'm remembering the airline. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. it, was South- it was on the podcast built to last. Well, yeah, he was an attorney and taking major risks. I, I believe no it was Southwest Airlines. I'm so sorry if I'm wrong and you yeah. guys can, like tweet me like I got the airline wrong, but I'm pretty sure that yeah, was it. Yeah. But this is really bootstrapped um, because I went through a, a massively expensive divorce that wiped me out and put me in massive debt. Frankly, you know, quite. You should have been speaking. living in California and so, and protected uh, there, yeah, apparently. So, <laughs> so yeah, it kind of blows, but uh, I, um, So I'm doing all this with uh, funds borrowed from my uh, family uh, to do the app and to to get this going because I was so heavily put into debt that, um, you know, and and doing just the small amount of legal work that I do on the side because the majority of my 
time, you know, yeah. 70 hours a week at yeah. least is dedicated to, to working on all aspects of this bootstrapped, yeah. you know, solo founder uh, venture. How do you, if you don't mind me asking, how do you find your power again after being so knocked down? Um, that resilience, I think that's, for me, it's always been an internal thing where it doesn't matter. It's kind of irrelevant what happens to you in life. It's, it's how you respond that counts, that matters. Um, and I see things uh, the way Nelson Mandela, I, I came across this fantastic quote just maybe a, a year or so ago, actually, um, from him. And when I read it, I wanted to high five him, you know, if he were here. It essentially it said, um, <clears throat> I never lose. I either win or I learn. And if you take that approach to everything in life, you know, in, in sense of how can you learn from what you consider obstacles? Because those challenges are actually a way for you to strengthen yourself yeah. and you just don't see it. You see it as a negative, but if you could turn it uh, into a positive as a way to, okay, how can I hone my skills mm -hmm. now with this? Then, um, it becomes irrelevant. It's really all a journey and, and journeys have bumps in the road. And so if you always keep that in mind, yeah, no matter how many times you get knocked down, you'll just get right back up. I've, I've found my quote unquote failures or our super challenging experiences in my life at the time. And I'm not going to get into them because I'm not trying to make everybody sad. But at the time <laughs> I thought that they were just dark and, and terrible and a loss. Mm -hmm. And then over time, I now get to be in the place where I see how all those um, experiences of adversity play to my successes. Yes. They either made me more resourceful. They yes. made me more aware. They prepared me for something. They made me more insight. Something. They prepared me in some way yes. to enable me to achieve success. Like I needed to go through them to yes. learn what I learned. And that's, that's, that's what, you know, Nelson Mandela is talking about. You either learn, right? Because you're, you're looking at it as a learning experience. Well, I didn't then. No, no, no. <laughs> it took, and, and it took I a long time. I, I don't think anyone yeah. immediately initially yeah. their first gut reaction isn't oh I'm really enjoying this torture <laughs> <laughs> it's, so true. It's, it's not that I think it's about keeping an open mind about you know this will pass right yeah. and I'm going to learn something from this and what can I glean from it sooner rather than later and not repeat it yeah Totally. I like this conversation. It's really, it's, it's really like, let's have a I love your positive. personality. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That's, to me, it's like, you know, uh, when I uh, first met you and, and we just chatted uh, briefly before getting on air, um, I, I myself am an internally you know, innately uh, positive person. So when I saw your energy, uh, it really matched up with my own um, mentality and approach to life and um, bringing strength of character, bringing your own, like we all have value that we can add and it's about acknowledging that and fostering that and then bringing that to life and sharing that with people. A hundred percent. I'm going to say something super random. I don't even know why exactly <laughs> I'm saying it. But it really helped me yesterday. And so I don't know if it will somehow add value to your life in a way that I don't know or someone listening right now. 
So I had a weird couple days. I was in a really, really good place. I, I read the desire map. I don't know if you've ever read no. this. Highly recommend okay, it. That's a whole other story. I'll tell you in a second. And, um, and then, but then in the last 48 hours, not, not today. Today has been magical. I've been floating on the planet. Mm. But the last 48 hours before today, I just was in this weird space. But it was so close to being in a really good space that it was confusing. Because I'm like, why am I, am I choosing to be in this weird mm-hmm. space? What's going on? My friend Eddie, he's one of my best friends. Um, he's really positive minded. He's into meditation. Mm-hmm. And I just messaged him. I'm like, he's like, hey, are you all right? I mean, I said, hey, are you there? He's like, are you all right? I'm like, I'm not all right. I don't know what's going on because I want to feel good how I've been feeling yeah. for months. I don't know why I'm all of a sudden in this weird space. And he's like, maybe because the last two days you've been doing all your old habits. Mm. And I'm like, oh. And really? I really, and I realized, um, you know, I hadn't been. Um, active the way I had been for months, even in the two days I hadn't rested how, you know, I had, I had been doing habits that equate to me not feeling great, but because I wasn't aware, I just kind of was doing. And when he just clearly said, oh, you're just doing your old habits. So they're creating that consequence for you. So just now do your new habits. And I'm like, It just like, I felt, I know it's so random. I just felt this release. This was only last night. What choices do I have? So I got home and I'm like, you know, it'd make me feel great. Even if I'm tired, it would make me feel great if I just can wrap my head around these things and get them done. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of them being, we have sponsors on the podcast. I wanted to make sure that I over delivered to them. Mm -hmm. It wasn't sitting well with me that Mm -hmm. I hadn't um, responded. I like to respond early. Sure. You know? mm-hmm. So I did that. I just made choices that I felt were more empowering and in alignment for mm-hmm. who and where I want to be. And I don't know. I know it's a kind of a tangent. Sorry, everybody. No, that's boring, but it yeah. makes so much sense. But I don't. That's about I've being nev- present, though. It's about mindfulness right? and being present. But and I, yeah. When yeah. you're present, when you're really uh, connecting with yourself and not getting distracted by all the, you know, the things, yeah. right? Um, versus getting in tune with your senses and checking in and yeah. am I tired? Am I this? Am I that? Yeah. That helps to like recalibrate things. I think for me, it's meditation every single morning. I, I look forward to... Do you? Oh my God. I love it. I love meditating in my yard. Um, I meditate out there. And then I start the rest of my day. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I light some That's incense. So rad. I make my coffee. I have it sitting no. in the French press. You yeah. do a whole ceremony. Oh, yeah, I do. I, I don't like... Don't, you know, I'm no, disclosing yeah, yeah, yeah. it here, but yeah, I, that's, that's what I do. Oh, I get out of bed, make my bed, go and, um, uh, you know, get the water boiling yeah. just to make some French press coffee and light my incense, set my intention for the day, go meditate. No. And then I start my day and that's so much better. I'm going to steal that from it's you. It's so I'm good. I'm doing it when I get back you to LA. Should, It's so, um, you know what it is, is it's like grounding yourself yeah. at the start. I love it. I'm totally going to. I love it. Um, How can people connect with you? Yeah. So uh, they can find bites on the app store, Google play B I T E S. um, And they can connect with me through our website, which is www.bytes.mobi. And that's M O B I. So we do not have a .com. Ours is bytes.mobi. And and where would you like to see uh, Bytes ending up even a year from now? Oh, I would like to see it having expanded to the Bay Area. 
to LA, to uh, other major cities uh, around the, the country. I don't think that we're going to go that fast, but that would be ideal. Yeah, I would love to have it really on a national stage where uh, people are getting jobs through the app, right? The homemakers, the home cooks, um, the professionals and the students. Um, and then people are having, the foodies are having these um, more intimate, memorable, meaningful dining experiences and, and sharing stories around their own dinner tables. That's um, what I hope for. And then I also hope for people to be able to uh, source locally from all these local tiny growers that we're trying to give visibility to on our website uh, under farms and wineries. If you click on farms and wineries, you'll see a listing of the participating farms we've got and the sustainable winemakers because they're growers too. Um, they're participating and then people will be able to search and say, Hey, show me growers within one mile of me, two miles of me. That's awesome. You know, what, what's one thing we could do to, support and accelerate your success as a global tech community? That's a fabulous and awesome and really generous question for you to even ask me. Thank you. So um, we have a Facebook page. Um, so it's bytes.mobi is the Facebook page. And if you go there and if you were to share that page with uh, friends and encourage people either to sign up as a cook on the app or um, you know, download the app and just participate as a foodie and to share it with anyone in the culinary space, whether it's food bloggers, there's people that are, you know, uh, real heavy duty foodies, right. Or, or chefs that are known that could support it. That would be, um, tremendous. Yay. Give me five. <laughs> I can't, I can't wait to have bites in my home. Oh, thank you so it's much. It's going to be really exciting. I love your energy. You're <laughs> so awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank I'm you. I'm really lucky. I'm really grateful to be here. Thank you. Oh, I'm grateful to have you on the oh. show. Like this is what this is about. Supporting, mm. celebrating one another. Yeah. If you want to connect with more extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the women in tech Facebook group at women in tech VIP.com takes you straight to the Facebook page. Women or Facebook group, women in tech, VIP.com say go to at women in tech show on all the socials Instagram Twitter Facebook say hello get a sticker you never know I will talk to you guys see you guys hear you guys in the next episode bye Hera Hub Phoenix is a co-working space essentially for women business owners entrepreneurs and professionals and we just really created a landing space for women of all industries and backgrounds to be able to just connect with each other in an environment that's really relaxing and zen-like, but professional. The women that walk in here just come in and just have a sigh of relief. When they come in, they're like, yes, this is what I'm looking for. It's something that makes them focus on their goals, their own development, their work, and their clients. And so essentially, that's what it is. It's a workspace, but it's also turning into really a landing space for all kinds of women and all kinds of backgrounds. And where can we find out more? Easiest way is just the website. If people go to www.herahub.com forward slash Phoenix. This has been an amazing, amazing day. I've met so many inspiring women and I'm just really grateful to have had the opportunity to experience this place. It feels like a collaborative culture where you're you're going into your best friend's living room and you're super safe, but yet it's a professional work environment. It's really hard to describe because it's definitely not like just a couch lounging. You feel the energy in this place. It's special. 
Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.